Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My name is Rosalind Erskine and I'm a food and drink writer at the Scottish Mum. I really believe there's so much to shout about when it comes to the best dining and drinking here in Scotland and we want to tap into the most interesting and creative people, places and stories around. Every week we'll sit down with a pioneer of the industry, the people who are doing things differently and going their own way. From a master whiskey blender to celebrated chefs and everyone in between, including the fryer at your local chippy. This week we chat to the Scotsman Food and Drink editor Sean Murphy and we also talk to Julie Lynn McLeod from the award-winning Julie's Gopatium restaurant in Glasgow. We're going to talk to her about setting up on her own, her influences and cooking at the Acid Bar in Glasgow's SWG3. This week we've got the Scotsman Food and Drink editor Sean Murphy who's on the phone from our Glasgow office. Hi Sean. Hello. We're just having a quick chat with you today um, because you edit the Scotsman Food and Drink website. Just can you give us a brief overview of what you do and how you got into doing that? Yeah, so the Scotsman Food and Drink website came about in 2015, which was Scotland's year of food and drink. And we decided to create a tailor-made website to cater for the rising interest and, uh, like I say, Scottish food and drink producers, uh, restaurateurs, chefs, distillers, uh, drinks makers, brewers. And so the site basically cares for all those people. It also provides news, features, interviews, uh, like works at new distilleries and new breweries and also new restaurants. And that came about through my background in whiskey where I originally worked uh, with my family in the pot still in Glasgow, uh, which we took over the pot still eight years ago. And there's been one of us working in the pub for at least about, must be about maybe 15 years. So I've had a, a bit of background in whiskey. I spent quite a lot of time researching it for that role and was asked to do a bit more writing on my interest in whiskey. And uh, that sort of led on to food drink related Stuff, which then again led on when they say the Scotsman decided to launch the website to, to create this dedicated website. They asked me because I, I had that knowledge, um, and that, that led on to me becoming the Scotsman Food and Editor. And in the time since the site launched, and now obviously there's been some massive changes in the Scotsman Food and Drink scene. So, is there anywhere that you're sort of got your eye on um, just now for somewhere that people should go and visit, or somewhere you've been that you've quite enjoyed that you would recommend? Yeah. So, I mean, there's quite a lot of places. Obviously, the Central Belt uh, is thriving at the minute. Um, but one of the places that I visited recently, which I was quite surprised, doesn't shout enough about what it's doing, is the northeast of Scotland, uh, right about 
Aberdeen, you know, Aberdeen show. Um, I mean, everybody knows about Speyside with the whiskey. Um, everybody knows about Edinburgh with the food and restaurants in there. Everybody knows about Glasgow and how well it's doing. Um, and the same with uh, Perth. And even the borders, to an extent, is, is doing really well. But the North East for me um, was just a, a fascinating trip. I went up recently to visit Glen Geary Distillery. And when we got there, we did like a kind of a roundabout, um, you know, look at some of the producers and went to some restaurants and I was absolutely blown away by how good uh, the quality of produce and also some of the restaurants are so the distillery itself was amazing I really recommend checking it out if you're in the area it's in Old Meldrum uh, right in the heart of the town it's a Glen distillery so they did a really great whiskey tour Uh, and from there we went to the Meldrum Hotel Meldrum House Hotel and they have just launched a new little restaurant inside called Pineapple um, which is absolutely brilliant there's some really good food uh, and also we visited a place called Udney on the Green um, which is run by the Kilted Chef and he uh, does some amazing things I think he'd um, shown us some of the biggest scalps I think I've ever seen in my life and really showcases some of the amazing seafood that's available in the North East Yeah I've, I've met him as well he's quite a character Yeah he's, he, was, he was really really nice he actually I mean I think he does they do it, um, experiences where you can go and sort of like uh, cook with them and stuff but some of his work is absolutely amazing and some of the producers he's been showcasing up there I think one of the biggest things that I was surprised by was that you know being so close to the home of you know seafood and uh, Peterhead Market and things I thought maybe there'd be more uh, sushi places and, and seafood focused places but the places that are doing the sea, uh, seafood are doing it really well so and, and Sydney on the Green were, were one of them and also Pineapple was another uh, well, I'll need to go up there and check it out. Um, and thank you very much. So you'll be back in over a few episodes just as a sort of guest to chat to us more. But thanks very much, Sean. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, speak to you later. Bye. Bye bye. Ross here. Today we're going to be talking to Julie Lin, who is the owner and chef at Julie Escopitium, which is a Malaysian restaurant based in Glasgow. She's got a restaurant in the south side in Shawlands and she's just recently opened a residency at SWG3 in their acid bar. SWG3 is a warehouse and event space in the West End. It's near the railway bridge arches, near Partick Station in the West End. Uh, and I'm here today to go and have a chat with Julie about her cooking style, her influences and what her plans are for the future. Okay, we're going to go ahead in just now. Hi Julie. Hi Rose. <laughs> uh, so we're here at the Acid Bar, just going to have a quick chat about um, your style of cooking and the fact you're on your own business and your successes and what you're doing next. So let's take you right back to the beginning. What would you say your influences are and how did you get into cooking? So I think my influences have always been actually quite a lot from the female side of my family. So my gran is a really good cook. And she loves her produce and she loves kind of cooking every day, massive big batches of stuff. Um, and that's been like a huge part of what I've seen growing up as well. Same with my mum moving here. And I think her kind of journey with food was still to kind of reconnect with her culture in Malaysia. So it was almost like the bridge between like moving to Scotland where it's cold and and you're kind of, I guess, wanting like home comfort. So like a big bowl of something that you know. Um, so my mum would actually kind of find her kind of like roots 
through food while she was here. And obviously that's developed like a lot along the years and with me growing up here as well, that you get loads more ingredients, you get loads more kind of things to cook from. So yeah, I would say definitely quite a lot from the female side of my family. And um, also from probably my first head chef, she was a woman called Laurie and she was very patient and uh, taught me everything I know. So it's, it's kind of gone from being like, something that I love that's quite personal to then going into the business so and did you sort of sense that the way that your mum cooked and being in Scotland was there quite a gap in that market at the time yeah definitely like um also I think I think the reason that I kind of quite got into it was actually just because I really wanted to eat that style of food and I couldn't find anywhere that was doing what my mum does from home and the kind of love of, I guess, like um, entertaining people and having them in for dinner, having them in for lunch. Um, I love doing that in my own house. And that has, I guess, from a very kind of organic point of starting off with a street food stall, kind of growing into being a restaurant. And I always wanted to be like an extension of my living room. So nothing's to be too fancy and everyone's to be quite, I guess, relaxed and just feel like they're at dinner at my house. Nice. <laughs> and so how long did it take so you said you started street food so how long did it take from street food to restaurant so from street food to restaurant I would say that took about I guess two and a half years and but doing a street food stall I think is a really like it's a nice way to start it because you see like quite organically how you have to cook big pot food and you're maybe feeding loads of people once or not a lot at all and you could be out in the rain you could be and quite often when it is in Scotland it will be out in the rain it's very cold (laughs) and uh, you kind of have to learn how to deal with that and you're hugging onto pots and stuff outside and yeah and that kind of journey for me was really crucial just to figure out how to kind of I guess get the food out there and it gave me that love for serving lots of people and and I guess in again a very informal environment of it just being a kind of table sometimes um, at the side of a festival or a table down and actually we had to stall down a lane for the first six months <laughs> so that's kind of how it started off um yeah so I think for me that's been the kind of main point of how you learn and it makes you learn very fast when you're outdoors and kind of battling all of the elements and everything like that yeah, imagine you have to love it. You have to love it. <laughs> when there's like sleet coming like horizontally at you and it's in January and nobody's turned up to the stall, you have to love it and you have to kind of keep that like idea of the fact that you love cooking, the fact that you love the food and that you love serving people. And that that's actually been like the kind of easy part for me um, in terms of like running the business, that love of just, I guess, feeding everyone. Very mothering instinct, but uh, yeah, I do really like it. I think I've kind of got that from my mum as well. And did your mum come over? Was your dad Scottish? Was it like? Yeah, exactly. So my mum came over um, back in the 70s to become a nurse here, and um, she ended up meeting my dad in the ubiquitous chip none of them oh. yes so it's kind of nice that it's still there actually it's a little kind of like pinnacle point for where they met um and yeah and she ended up just falling in love with scotland and just kind of wanting to stay here and she loves the people she also loves the food here as well actually which has made kind of growing up really interesting because i'll learn like my mum's kind of take on things because she's 
I guess using a bit of soy sauce to something they wouldn't necessarily and it's been yeah that that kind of mix of culture and food has been really prominent in growing up and learning cooking for me and it's also I guess means that I feel like there's no barriers like it's not it's not too hard to try anything and it's not too weird to try anything either um, and also classics are still good too so she does all the classics brilliantly obviously and yeah, and I think obviously my dad's been having the best of times having like <laughs> all these delicious pots of, uh, I guess, kind of curries and stir fries that she would have brought over. So yeah, it's been a very good journey that way. And so you said you went from street food to restaurant in about two and a half years <clears> and you've got Julie's Copetium in the south side in Shawlands and you've just... What, how many, a couple months ago, get up at... Yeah, it was actually, I think, and God, that's all quite a blur now. When you get restaurant number two, you kind of forget everything <laughs> and what your name is. Uh, but yeah, so we were doing a long-term residency in the Acid Bar just now, just doing SWG3, and that's been great. So we obviously started off with this small, uh, kind of five-table, cosy, very much the size of a living room um, restaurant in Shawlands. And I love that one because it's cosy and... We've, we've only got three little hobs that we work from and it's all very you just kind of work with what you've got and that kind of style of cooking is actually really nice to teach people that way to be like okay this is what we have and like let's work with that and work on how many flavors we could do and the acid bar is slightly bigger so we've got about 40 seats in there and that it's just a, it's a lovely kind of bigger space to be cooking in so we've got I guess maybe a bit more equipment to be cooking different things and for me that journey of having the accessibility to actually cook to even I don't know have like a big steamer or have like a have something fried or have something on a grill it has been really integral to us developing the menu as well so we've got loads of new flavors in there so they're both kind of different in their own way and they're both fabulous in their own way because one's I guess got like a kind of bigger style and you can get some nice cocktails and stuff down there and in Chollins we've got a very kind of cosy living room style which um, is our little home. Which is lovely. Yeah. Really nice. <laughs> and that is kind of what I always set out to do to make sure it's very accessible for everyone. And I feel like both are actually, both like are very welcoming to, to people and that's the way it always should be. Yeah. And they kind of suit the different areas. Yeah, exactly. And um, like Shawlands is very much like, and I love this spot actually, it's very like community led. So you get quite a lot of, you get your upstairs neighbor coming down for dinner and you get the person across the road coming in for lunch for a takeaway kind of thing. So yeah, you just kind of get to know everyone and that's lovely. And then with SWG3, we occasionally do some of our street food stalls actually, which is where we started off. So it does have this kind of um, way where we're serving like, I guess, like a big restaurant at the same time but we're also going back to our roots with street food and getting big kind of pots of curry in the go and lots of things like that so it's been really nice to kind of have that mix. And did you, have you come across any challenges sort of setting up your own business and you're doing a style of cooking that maybe these days is probably not as unfamiliar but imagine at some point it would be like I don't know what this is a lot of people so. Yeah and I think like that's um, I've learned that being really communicative with with staff and with the customers is really important because yeah there is quite a lot of flavors that maybe aren't as kind of usual I guess in Asian style cooking like we've got lots of like um, very intense shrimp paste and um, all of these kind of like weird and wonderful smelly things which I'm used to but they make dishes taste amazing um, so we've had to be very like communicative and almost like try and show people and have, I guess have that trust with our customers. So we get quite a lot of people who will come in who will just 
kind of trust what we want to make them now, which is an amazing place to be. It's like the biggest compliment you could ever get to have somebody come in and just say choose for me kind of thing. So yeah, it's really lovely in that way. And in terms of like the kind of difficulties with the business, that's that's actually something that we've worked on in that you find things that maybe where a difficulty at the beginning aren't now. So I mean we've um we've got bigger kind of overnight I guess with having our kind of semi permanent residency at the acid bar. So I guess kind of like kind of making sure that everyone's looked after and you know the staff inside out and you have time to teach everyone and time to kind of listen to everyone is really important to me. So we'll we'll never become somewhere with lots of places. We'll probably just kind of stick to having small, very familiar, very kind of loved places that are looked after well, because I feel like there's probably an answer as to how to do that. But in my kind of business logic and my, like, I'm a little hard. I don't think I could do that yet. So yeah, in terms of like, difficulties I think that's maybe the main thing it's just keeping on top of everything you become like a bit of like a firefighter some days where you <laughs> just kind of making sure everything's going okay and then other days everything's absolutely smooth so I guess just like any job it's like it has its ups and downs but you find ways to manage it and you find ways to keep yourself afloat so you can keep other people afloat too and hopefully you're not a literal firefighter <laughs> fire uh, well <laughs> you'd be surprised occasionally <laughs> have the odd walk fire here and there but a bit of smoke never harmed anyone for the dishes for anyone that doesn't know possibly me included I think I do know this but I've forgotten what does Kopitiam mean? Uh, so Kopitiam is actually a kind of I guess two words (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we've got Kopi which translates as coffee and then Tiam means shop so it essentially just means coffee shop and in other words cafe so and that was part of the concept with... And Kopi Tiams in Malaysia are like... You get like all these kind of wonderful pilled teas and Milo, the drink. And you get lots of sweet kind of condensed milk coffees as well. Um, alongside some of the nicest food ever. So it's like these little like kind of roadside shacks or... It can be like little cafes as well. It ranges, I guess. And I think that's what I really liked about that concept. That it was like something that is very casual but visited by people loads, really friendly, doesn't have to be somewhere you have to save up for, for ages to go and kind of have a meal there. Um, and people can dip in and out and that's kind of worked in Shawlands, that's been really nice. So we try and stick by that kind of friendly, familiar setting with the food as well. Because you get some of the nicest um, dishes in Malaysia, all these like amazing kind of fragrant broths and and charquetiaos, which are stir fries, and all these like incredible curries just from these kind of very small little shacks almost. So we kind of wanted to replicate that um, just when I began, and it's kind of worked. It's been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've won a few awards, haven't you? You've been very lucky in that way. Mm. Very lucky. It's uh, it'll never stop being overwhelming. Yeah, we uh, we have won a couple of awards. We think we've got best Malaysian restaurant in Scotland, which is just incredible and I think there is something about that that becomes quite a lot to do with like the emotion of cooking and the emotion of opening up somewhere because for me it's very much like heart on sleeve cooking because you're it's so kind of related to my mum and it's so related to how I've grown up and me also understanding um I guess half of where I'm from as well which is really nice so 
the kind of connection with it has been very emotional. So I feel like every time you get an award or a mention or a customer comes up to you and says that was really nice, it's just, it's incredible because it is so kind of like ingrained in everything that I do and how I've grown up as well. Does your mum come in and does she critique anything or is she quite <laughs> my mum does come in and uh, she's uh, we always actually struggle to keep her out of the kitchen she loves coming in the kitchen and I, there's something I also quite like about that um, but my mum is our biggest critic by a mile she will definitely not hold back and I think maybe that's where I get a bit of my kind of perfectionist um, trait from it's from her because she's very she's just determined to serve a good dinner and I think that's where the whole thing has come from if I think about it long and hard of why did you open a restaurant uh, why did you kind of get into food and why why are you obsessed with it it's probably because I just I like serving a good dinner too <laughs> down to the basics of it um, and yeah so she'll come into the kitchen often um, and she'll have like little ideas and we'll talk about food quite a lot and she'll send me little ideas that she thought might be quite nice for the menu and that's really nice it's nice to kind of have her kind of coming in and out every so often and actually my mum used to help me with all of the street food stalls when I first started so oh, okay. yeah so it was always me and her standing there <laughs> freezing cold <laughs> so yeah forever indebted to her for that but it's just uh, it's very nice to have that kind of family connection to it mm. and just kind of yeah, I guess I guess almost make her proud because she's uh, she's come a long way. She came all the way from Malaysia when she was eighteen, and it's very nice to like see her kind of watch her. I guess her own background be of such importance to like everything that I do now and everything that she's kind of taught me. Yeah, and seeing yeah. so many people enjoy it as well. Yeah, actually. yeah, that's incredible, and it's really nice for her to be able to see that as well. Um. And like, I mean, even when she would come in and do the street food stalls before, she would go up to everyone and talk to them. And she's like the biggest kind of social butterfly ever. So she, uh, she, I guess she kind of knows some of her customers as well. So yeah, it's all very like personal and very like ingrained. It's nice in that way. Yeah, which you don't always get at places. No, and um, I mean, I think that's that's both like the. Um, I guess, do you know what, maybe that's sometimes that's, that's a good question to go back to is that that's maybe why it makes it difficult sometimes because if it does go wrong, it is your little heart in the line and you are very much entwined in it and and but that's also what makes it grow and that's what makes it lovely at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it is, yeah, it's just one of those things that I think will keep on growing as long as you keep giving it a bit of nourishing kind of attention as well. So if anyone that's not ever been in to either Shawlands or the Acid Bar, what can diners expect from the menu? Or do you do like sort of similar things in both venues or are you coming up with anything new just now? We, um, so we do actually quite a lot of new development all the time. And I think that comes down to the fact that I have a very short attention span. I'm always very uh, very keen to be learning and very keen to be like trying out things. Um, so we do have a few staples. We've got like our Cari Capitan, which is like a very kind of rich coconut milk, um, chilli, lemongrass based curry. And it's just, it's very, it's such a staple because we'll always have that kind of good rich curry on. And we've also got nasi goreng, which is everyone's favourite yeah. uh, hangover item, it seems, which is like a Malaysian fried rice and it's got lots of spices through it. Again, everything we do is quite punchy. There's nothing like that subtle. And 
we've got kind of constant many development going on. We're trying to, I guess, work on, uh, I guess, even some dim sum. So again, it's all very kind of mixed, the dishes that I'm mentioning, but that's part of the kind of fabric of Malaysia where there is so many different cultures and therefore so many different dishes and styles of food and styles of cuisine, which is really nice. Um, so it keeps us on our toes. So we have a forever changing menu and we'll serve kind of what we have that day. We'll use local kind of Scottish fish and we'll try as much as possible to mix in the flavours from Scotland and the ingredients from Scotland with what we know as well. Uh, and that makes it really nice because it's got flavours from both here and there. And we're very lucky to have, I guess, so many Asian supermarkets popping up in Glasgow now. We've got loads and they've got all the kind of wonderful things that I never thought growing up that I would see here. Just things that like, it's, I guess, pandan. We've got quite a lot of pandan oh, yeah. here, which is like a kind of long kind of green stemmed, I guess, herb almost to the way I see it because it's very kind of flavoursome. And we've got that here now, which is amazing. Yeah. So... It's constantly developing because the food map of of being in Scotland is constantly changing, which is really nice. Uh, so I guess when you come in, expect... I quite like the idea of coming in and being like, this is what we have today, and we hope you like it. We've got a bit for, a bit for everyone, really. And even if somebody's a bit unsure about the flavours or it seems a bit daunting, I love it when people... My favourite thing, actually, is when people come up and just trust us with it or just say what flavours they like and we'll work around that which is good because yeah. there's a lot of people who don't want to make a decision like me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll choose for you anytime <laughs> that's so much easier <laughs> so um, you're currently at the acid bar are you, what is next basically are you staying here for a while or I think we'll be in the acid bar hopefully for the next couple of months which is really nice we're enjoying ourselves very much um, and we've got a now kind of bigger team which is lovely and we have plans I guess to be moving into a second unit which is exciting mm-hmm. um, so we're letting people know about that very soon mm-hmm. and it's I guess we want to move somewhere where we've got a slightly bigger kitchen and we'll practice doing all the kind of things that we we have always wanted to do I mean having like I guess proper sati having enough space to do I am growing which is like a fried kind of chicken or mm-hmm. like everything really so we'll keep on looking for places that are I guess very I guess involved quite around the community in Glasgow there's lots of little pockets of neighbourhoods which have got lots of things going on like the south side and east end and I guess west end down kind of part of the way as well so there's like there's just lots going on uh, so we are looking at our second one now so it's very exciting yeah and I think we're doing quite a lot more uh, cooking classes as well um yeah I've got a team who and we've just always loved the idea of teaching people about the ingredients and teaching people about um southeast Asian cooking and making that part of what we do every day um so we are kind of I guess working with community as well because that's I guess again that goes back to the kind of love for food and it not just being um, about making money from it we need to kind of give back to community in that way as well well after all that I think we should go <laughs> get something to eat so thank you very much I'm starving <laughs> thank you so much thank you I think that was a great interview with Julie and we got a good insight into her cooking styles what you can expect from her restaurants and her influences that's all for just now we're just going to head back to the studio Thank you 
for listening to this episode of Scran. If you like what you heard, please remember to subscribe and leave a review. You can listen to this podcast from whenever you get your podcast from, or for more interactive content, please download the Entail app.